Doing poetry in the New York subway train is nerve wracking to me. I don't think I've ever done it. Mm. I would. I've drummed in the subway before, mm-hmm. but doing poetry is nerve wracking. Why is that? Because I'm not rude. <laughs> I'm a considerate person. And so, like, if you paid to come and see poetry, you have no problem doing it. But I'm just rolling up in your, like, your transit, like, jumping in somebody's car and busting a poem on them real quick. Like, I don't know if you want this. I don't, you didn't ask for this. You didn't right, come for right. this. Speak Easy Studios. Speak and be heard. Where can I hear some live music? Maybe some live poetry. Some good vibes. Yeah, I want to dance with somebody. Strong drinks. Sound like some grown folks' business. Sounds like the Love Jones experience. Yeah, the Love Jones experience. Welcome back to the third episode of the Love Jones experience. My name is Kim Smith, and I'm here with my host, Joshua Sarah. Greetings. How are we doing today? I'm full of life. So Very as great. you guys probably already know, oh, my bad. I kind of cut you off a little bit. You, you were did. still you, saying you let me something. tell how great I was feeling. Give us your greatness, Barbara. <laughs> Go ahead. Give us your greatness. I just said I'm feeling great. That's all. I said yes. I'm full of life and feeling great. Full of life. I love that. I love that. Um, there are lots of Joshua-isms that I hear in my head. Full of life is one of them. Um, so we're here to kind of recap and talk a little bit about the Love Jones experience. And um, today I'm going to be interviewing Joshua Sarah himself. So you guys um, can learn a little bit about the host of the show and why this man is one of our great this pioneers in the poetry slash artistic community. Um you know, up and down the East Coast. Um, so, um, the Love Jones experience, the last time we had it, tell us a little bit about your experience. I'm going to tell you a little bit about mine. We had a theme. We did. Yeah. The Harlem Renaissance. Go and get your Renaissance on. I had a great time, actually. You know, it was a lot of great energies in there. I was glad to see so many people being involved in the experiences side of things. You know, we had the art going on with Anthony Burks and people really seemed to tap into that. The uh, ethnic mermaid situation that he set up was dope. Like people was really getting into it. They, I saw some people spend most of their time at that table. Yeah. In fact, one one young lady, I, I don't think she she moved. Like they, they were just like at the table. But that's one of the great things about the event is that there's always an art experience um, so it's a little unique in that way that you can participate in a lot of different things that's happening. Um, I love the, I mean, Anthony is, <laughs> is definitely one of our treasured artists, um, yeah. in the area. High value. Yes, absolutely. Um, and he just, I mean, he brought it. I mean, he was authentic and I, I, everybody loved the art. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to color. Yeah, I got, like, the face colored in. I didn't get a chance to really do that. Oh, you did? I did at least do a face. and Head and shoulders. I got some shoulders done. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was really great. Like, I saw some really amazing art being done over there. Like, they was looking kind of professional over there, and it made me feel jelly. That's why I started doing my own. But I didn't get to finish, so I got, like, a little halfway done thing at the house that I need to finish and feel good about. But 
yeah, I definitely saw people. Um, one sister did too. Like she was really excited about it. They were really into it. Took it home, told me she framed them up and all of that. So mm. yeah, it was. Um, I really enjoyed seeing people being really into that. Like that was a really cool thing to see. And the um, Bay photography uh, with Frankie, I know he brought yes. some Harlem Renaissance esque <laughs> props that people were getting into. He you brought know, it the out. Hats, the pearls, he brought it out. A vest of some feathery kind of things, you yep. know. And people really did the thing with that. And I was glad to see that people uh, showed up dressed as if they were in the Harlem Renaissance. You know? They did. Not everybody did, but some people did. And so that was really dope to see. They did. I mean, it was it was kind of a hard look to pull off for myself. You know, I had mm -hmm. to kind of order from my, my spots. But when Frankie showed up with all of the accessories, yeah, yeah, it made it super dope because it, it was like, oh, the things I didn't think of, he did, you know. Right. So, yeah. you know. I... I I didn't all the way look like I was from the Harlem Renaissance. I must admit it. You, yeah. I had to wear um, what I had because I tried, <laughs> but I'm not as savvy in the new millennium trying to find things. But I did crease my pants. You, okay. you know what I mean? Like yes. I don't think I've done that since the old millennium, and so I felt like I was tapping into the that Harlem Renaissance. That was important because it was history. Right. It was, was ancient back when men used to crease their pants. Ancient, ancient, ancient. When we used to that was the old millennium. That was a millennium ago, shorty. You know what I mean? Okay, with the, the old crease? millennium. With the crease? With the crease and the okay, jeans. You came through and with the, the jeans. The you understand? We're not talking about slacks. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not talking about khakis, trousers. That, I'm that talking is, about that is true. jeans. You, you, you are correct. Me? You are correct Ain't about that. Ain't nobody creasing their jeans in the new millennium. You can't crease skinny jeans, player. And that's right, because they're can't. so skin tight. You know what I mean? It's it might cut tight. yourself. Yeah, it's tight. You can't crease the skinny jeans. So, so I felt like I was doing a, a throwback to the... Um, the new Negro, <laughs> and it's all of it. You know what? I of the old millennium. I'll take that. My crease in my I'll pants, take that because it's all about the details. <laughs> exactly. And that is what I really thought mattered. about y'all though. Yeah. I was sitting there ironing like I might even hit it with the cornstarch. You know what I mean? Just for for the sake of the eighties. You feel me? I was gonna hit it with a little line. I ain't do it though. Don't. I, I didn't think y'all would appreciate it. I don't know if y'all was refined enough. We weren't ready for it. it. Yeah, we were we were not ready, and it was dark that. in there, so it was hard to see up. your exactly. That'll be for like the brunch. your efforts. We'll do a brunch but, one day. Yeah, that daytime brunch, a, a day party, you know I mean? a day the, love Jones experience. Corn starts on the day brunch, shorty. Woohoo! They not ready. They not. <laughs> and they are definitely not ready for that. Don't too clean, too fresh and clean. You know what I mean? Yes. So we had some great artists there. Um, sure. oh, we had some new people there that I loved. Um, Aaliyah. Mm -hmm. Aaliyah above. Uh, I was really digging her. Yeah, she's pretty amazing. I need to have her back. I've actually known yes. her since she was a student in the, um, the Kravitz Center residency that I used to, that I still do. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, you just did that program. I just did that. So yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, so I watched her develop from like, I think maybe middle school. Oh. So I progressed through high school and like she went off to college and came back here and like is an incredible artist who has really found her voice and found her style. So I love seeing that. That's amazing. That's amazing. It actually made me think about one of my students who is graduating next week. Um, I was like, hey, I got to invite you to the show because she can sing as well. And mm. even though it's like, you know, an adult type thing, I think is important for young people. And she's she's obviously an adult. Aaliyah is. Um, but 
I think it's important for young people to kind of like see the culture because like mm-hmm. what we've talked about before, right. you know, eventually like they will be the ones like running spots like right. a Love Jones experience or, you know, bringing culture to other people. And so just kind of passing it along like she's an amazing vocalist. She's a yeah. uh, photographer. So just kind of like having her come. And like, hey, why don't you get on the stage? I'm always encouraging people to get on the stage. It's like my thing. Same. Same. <laughs> but I'll be on the stage sometimes. Get up there. I'm about get to be there. on there. I'm about to do it. I'm about to do it. I'm gonna do it. All right. So um let's get into it. So I want people to know about who you are. Um I of course have known you for a very long time. Um since the old millennium. Since the old millennium. Not true, but yeah. But it feels like we it. transcend time. You know what I mean? Before time. Before with our space. minds and we can just okay, so let me like get a line. <laughs> the poets. Um so I do want uh people to just kind of generally know who you are. What is it that you do? I know you are the host of the show. Um and people know that you are a poet, but you are so much more than a poet. So tell us who you are. What are your titles? So the main thing I do is love. It's just kind of what I do. That's my thing. I'm a lover by profession and by trade and by uh, nature and nurture. I'm a lover. And I find that you can um, use love in all different kinds of things, like water can turn into all different kinds of juices. You know what I mean? It can turn into blood. It can turn into sweat. It can turn into all types of things. And I feel like love's the same way. And so I mostly use my skills as a communicator. You know, if people ask me what's my job or my career, I tell him I'm a communications artist sometimes because that kind of embodies all of the things that I do. Or sometimes I say I'm a holer because I don't like to say a healer because your body heals itself. Like nobody can actually heal you. You can only heal yourself. But people can help you from the outside, can give you some stuff to help your body heal from the inside. And, you know, and the whole idea is just we got to be whole. And so all of the work I do is really towards bringing the community together. You know, I've Seen from my personal experience, I've seen from my historical studies, I've seen from looking at the world, there's just a lot of division, just a lot of division. And division yields sickness in our bodies, in our communities, in our minds. And so my work is largely to bring us into some unity spaces, some uh, connectivity, some spaces where we can let our powers combine. You know what I mean? The more batteries you put together, the bigger devices you can power. And so I'm trying to see how many of us individual powerful people out here can get together and power up something community technology together you know yes lovely so let me let me give the the formal answer that's my answer that's your answer which i was going to respond to that answer but go ahead and then i also say i do um how do i say it i host shows and you do i produce shows Mm -hmm. i write poetry articles math books i perform poetry and hip-hop I'm a percussionist, and I also perform with the percussion. I'm a massage therapist, and I'm a holistic health consultant. I'm a graphic designer, and I help people publish their books. I'm a teaching artist, and I also teach teachers. And I tutor math, and largely with homeschoolers, and I help homeschool groups put together curriculum for their math. I think that's all I do currently. That is... That is a lot. It's a lot, right? It is a lot. I'm a lover. You are a lover of things. <laughs> Makes it easy to say. Yeah, as an artist, how do you um how do you balance all of that and you know, how do you determine whether you put your 
what you put your emphasis on because I'm sure that there are like different times when you're you know going hard in the paint with certain things so how do you balance that uh, it's seasonal mm -hmm. I've found that my work is oftentimes seasonal and as long as I'm open to that I can flow with it really well like if I'm feeling like yo I just want to do massage right now like for example we're here in Florida and there's like a season specifically uh the economic season is when it gets what is that winter because everybody up north wants to come down here mm -hmm. who can afford it you know the snowbirds the people with the money up there come down here and they bring their money with them spend lots of money on services and goods so they call that the season mm -hmm. here right this fall y'all non-floridians out there y'all don't <laughs> understand this we know what this is so we as know you what it know, is Kim, there is the season here in Florida. Yes. And so, like, if I'm just, like, saying, all right, I want to be a massage therapist, then in season, I do a great job, and then out of season is that struggle. Or as a teaching artist, during the school year, a lot of work. During the summer, a lot less, you know. So things like that. Um, mm -hmm. As somebody who has a lot of love for my community and my culture, I get hit up a lot in February, for example. It's Black History Month, and they're like, oh, call that guy with the locks and the beard. Call the guy with that djembe drum. You know oh, what I mean? Like, man, the black gonna, history. I mean, I, I've gotten roped into it, too. And I, I mean, like, I don't even know if I fit the bill, but they like, you know what? You got locks. Uh, I think you can do some poetry locks, for us. Shorty. Come on and write this one. You write that one. That's I right. I do. And I so, do. I show up. Black History Month, maybe Juneteenth and uh, Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. See you know what I'm saying? See? I can expect to get a, co a couple calls, you know, for some drumming or some poetry or something mm -hmm. like that. So it's seasonal stuff, and, okay. you know, and I've just found my way. Because I go back and forth between here and New York, I've figured out how to find my season up there, my season down here, and just kind of be where I need to be for the right timing of things. Nice. I love it. Um, since I have known you, you have always spoken about community. Um, definitely one of the things that you are passionate about. What community past community projects or current community projects that do you feel like you can tell us about that has like brought people together? Um, something that you're proud of, something that, uh, mm. you know, has Joshua's legacy on it. Uh, I would say the first thing that comes to mind is speakeasy. Right. Tell us about speakeasy. Speakeasy. <laughs> that was the, the first real open mic I put together. Um, I would say it was the, Maybe the second event I did here in, in South Florida. First one was a poetry slam I was doing at Borders Bookstore. And after that, I started doing a, a weekly event open mic called Speakeasy, which was a dope vibe for the family, the community. Like, you know, anybody could show up any age, any vibe. Um, it was clearly for the culture. Mm -hmm. It was clearly for the culture, and, and people respected that, you know, like, I never had to tell anybody what to say or not say on the mic, but they felt the vibe, you know. And I found out later I had a reputation that I would mic check people, which I never did in my entire speakeasy career. I never mic checked anybody, but I had a I had a reputation that I would. And I think it just grew out of the fact that people understood what the vibe was and they knew if you brought something other, I wasn't going to let it fly. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't, but I never had to actually do it. And so, like, that just speaks to the fact that people really knew what the vibe was there. It was very specific. Um, but yeah, we used to have community communications every time. Like we would start off with a group conversation amongst just the people who were there early. It I was remember a, that. You know, we used to have a live band for the first several years of it. Um, and then, you know, we it just became this real binding place because what happened, I used to travel to Miami and Fort Lauderdale weekly, at least once a week when mm -hmm. I first got here. And so I just made a strong community down there. So when I did my own event, 
They was like, well, let's go check out Joshua's event. And they found out how far of a travel that was. This was back when 95 was like two lanes still. We didn't have all of these HOVs. It was like two lanes and it got dark along stretches. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's the old school 95. Right. So when they made that trip up and it was like, yo, Joshua, you do this every week. Every week. They had a lot of respect for what I was investing in coming down. And so they reciprocated that and was like, yo, we got to come and show love to him. Because like he's been showing all of us love. Right. They ended up even like creating a, a was that a caravan or Carpool. A carpool so that, you know, they didn't all drive separately. They would, like, meet up somewhere and come up as a group. From Miami and Fort Lauderdale, it's like we reverse the flow of water, you know, because mm. usually people from up here are going down there for the events. But we had created a vibe that was strong enough that we brought people from the south up this way. Right. And to the point where people who produced events down there, whenever they would book a feature from elsewhere, they would always tell that feature, and you got to hit up Joshua and see if you can go up on Wednesday. Like, if you right. don't have a feature, ask if you could be his feature, da 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 And so that allowed me to book talent from all over the country without even having to do much because somebody would always refer them to me. If they was, you know, because people know Miami, so they're going to try to book Miami. Nobody's like, hey, I'm about to go hit up West Palm and do poetry, you know? Right. But because of the reputation that I had and the network I built, they always told him to hit me up. So I met a lot of the um, traveling poets at the time. A lot of the famous poets at the time came through Speakeasy. Even um, like people like Dr. Valentine, for people who know the the conscious community, I met him at Speakeasy. Like um, the brother who owned the bookstore in Boynton brought him because he had a lecture the next day in Miami. So he's like, hey, can I bring him to Speakeasy? Because I know that's where the people be. Um, who else was that? Uh, the Last Poets, we had them booked. It's for y'all old people to know the old poetry, <laughs> the grand, the godfathers of hip-hop, the last poets. Y'all should look them up. Um, Abby Odun is my OG now. Like, I hang out with him when I'm in New York. That's my guy. But, yeah, it, it did a thing where even though it was in West Palm Beach, it acted like we were a big city. You know, it had the draw of a big city. It was the one spot in West Palm Beach or in Palm Beach County where you know you could show up every week and find some like-minded souls. Right. And before that event, nobody knew what that was in West Palm Beach. I agree. I, I mean, I know you keep saying, like, it was a vibe, but I feel like it was so much more than that. It was culture being built. Um, mm. Because, you know, after it it ended, um, there's still, like, this nostalgia, like, mm -hmm. around, yeah. like, the days of speakeasy. Right. Um, and just the feeling. Um I mean, I would go to, you know, as you know, I, I would go to Speakeasy um, with the band, perform, you know, what, whatever it was. Um, but it was a culture. And I do remember people traveling um, and just people knowing about it. Like I could go to Atlanta or where uh, <laughs> Tallahassee or wherever it was. And um, and they would know about that spot. I, I had people still back in Tallahassee with Black on Black Rhyme, and yeah. they still would be like, uh, yeah, you know, they would know about they the spot. I'm like, how spot. do you guys know about this? Speak easy. And they, and they know. <laughs> I mean, just different people that yeah. were, you know, I had a friend in Jacksonville that had a spot. Like, they, mm -hmm. but they knew about Speak Easy. So yeah. um, it, it definitely was a culture that was created. Um, That's and, one of the things that I really enjoyed, actually, is, like, people over the years afterwards still coming and saying, yo, Right. I remember Speakeasy. Man, I remember this one time, like the memories that were building, mm -hmm. the, like the real place it has in people's heart. That's why it came to mind first, because like, yeah, it really made an impact on people's hearts. It did. Yeah. It did. I, I know for artists like myself, um, it was a start. You know, I performed at a lot of different places, but I 
I I mean, I don't remember all of them, but I definitely remember performing at Speakeasy um, and how that whole thing started. Um, and speaking of giving artists opportunities um, and you being such a versatile artist yourself, you know, for for poets or maybe singers or whoever, um, in this day and age where it's not as, you know, popular, like there's not a weekly spot, you know, like what advice would you have for people that are poets and trying to get their information out there, trying to perform, you know, like how do you, how do you do that now without a vibe Mm, (laughs) being created, you know, in your community? Yeah, I would say it's easier and harder now. Mm-hmm. Easier because you got the internets. We didn't have the internets in the same capacity, right? Right. Like we had, I mean, that was still AOL days, right? That was still like, <laughs> there was. Not that AOL. Was, that was still like uh, Web.1. It wasn't Web 2.0 where we were sending visuals and like videos. We right. Were still like, I don't even think YouTube was there yet. You know what I mean? So you didn't have the opportunity to create the kind of content back then as you have now. So like I became a graphic designer because of speakeasy. Like mm-hmm. my, I would send out my weekly, Hey, here's the show for this week through an AOL email. Right. And I was like, but I don't want it to be so boring. So I would go in there and make, you know, make these words bigger and put some bold, put some underline, put some colors. I would um, always create a small rhyme to describe instead of just being like, you know, drinks and vendor and here's the feature, I would make a little small poem to describe the thing. So, you know, just trying to be creative with such a flat one-dimensional format. And then one day I learned a little something about Photoshop and was like, oh, I'm going to take what I've been doing in an email and just put it in a little bit more visual. And then I kept going with that, you know, like, you know what, that wasn't so hard. I can keep developing. And then I got really good at Photoshop. But now... They can jump on, like, their phones have all kind of all kind of stuff in it. You know what I mean? And Audio, they, yes. video. They can code something up, create an app, create a game. Like, there's so many ways to get your content out there. It really now is about, which it was for me then. Like I said, I used to go down to Miami and Fort Lauderdale a lot. Such that when I did a thing, people came and checked for it. So it's really about the engagement. It always has been. If you're engaging, if you're being involved, going wherever an arts thing is and connecting mm-hmm. with the other artists... And, and being authentic and genuine, really building those bonds, then when you go and you put out uh, an Instagram Live or a TikTok or a, a YouTube short, you know, any one of these different formats, you put it out, then your community is going to check for it. They're going to be like, oh, you did a thing? Oh, where is it? Let me go look at it. Or you go send it out to people and they're receptive to it because they're your people and you've built with them. So right, they're like, yo, right, like, right. this joint is my people. But if you just like sitting in the house all day and you ain't talking to nobody, and you just uh, creeping on people's page. You ain't liking nothing. You ain't commenting. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you drop a whole album. Ain't nobody going to know where right. to find you or why should they listen to you. So it's really about developing a community first and foremost. Like right. even with, you know, the old school, we're going to sell stuff out of our trunk, you know. And like Ludacris, for example, he got a record deal because of how much he sold out of his trunk. Like mm-hmm. usually a record deal came from you already proved yourself. You've already built a network. You've already built a following. And they want to capitalize on that. Rarely do they just find somebody without a following and be like, I can make something of you. It's like, no, you got to put in that work first. Right. Go show and prove, like, I know how to do this. I know how to build and connect. So it's still that. It's still like, whether there's a spot or not, 
you can go online, you can get in a clubhouse or a Twitter space or uh, something. There's lots of spaces where people are like, you can just get online and communicate um, artistically or just thoughtfully, which in those thoughtful things, you'd be like, you know what, y'all, I got a poem I, I think would, would express my thoughts. You know, then drop right. your poem, even though it's not a poetry atmosphere. Drop it on them. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and we were also kind of guerrilla artists. We would go just pop up. Like, people do drive-by shootings. We used to do drive-by poetry. Oh, it's an actual I know thing. a lot about the drive-by poetry. We would go do drive-by poetry. Black on black. Black yeah. on black rhyme got started. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I've written, you know, like, um, pop-up poets. Mm-hmm. Um, Samantha, were you mm-hmm. familiar when she was doing that in New York? A group of poets would get on the train and just pop up and start doing poetry. And they wouldn't accept money or anything. They was just sharing poetry. I've done it on the tri-rail one time. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Doing poetry in the New York subway train is nerve-wracking to me. I don't think I've ever done it. Mm. I would, I've drummed in the subway before, mm-hmm. but doing poetry is nerve-wracking. Why is that? Because I'm not rude. <laughs> I'm a considerate person. And so, like, if you paid to come and see poetry, I have no problem doing it. But I'm just rolling up in your, like, your transit, like, jumping in somebody's car and busting a poem on them real quick. Like, I don't know if you want this. I don't. You didn't ask for this. You didn't right, come for right. this. So, like, there's a part of me that consider it part, like, I don't want to be rude. I don't want to get in nobody's just Y'all may be thinking about something. You might be trying to get ready for work. Here I come. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm all uh, <laughs> interrupting your flow. And, you know what I mean? You might be sad about a breakup. Here I come with my little happy love poem. Like, so I just feel it like. It is love. You know what I mean? I don't be wanting to run up on random strangers and just enforce my poetry on them. That's how I feel. I understand that. And, it, and they can't escape. Like, they can't, like, walk out the room. Yeah, because then that would be rude. Like <laughs> dead. You can't leave the subway. You know what I mean? Like, we in that car until the next stop. So it's like, I feel like it's taking people hostage. So it ner- it wrecks my nerves because of how I want to be considerate to people. Like, what if I do this and then I really ruin somebody's day? Mm. I'm all thoughtful and empathetic. That is a lot of thought. But I like it. But definitely I know I can get a lot of money if I did it. I just don't be thinking... Yeah. It's that crucial for me to get the money like that. Right. But, yeah, so all that to say, like, you know, if you're just out there being creative about if you don't have a venue that you can physically go to, you can pop up at a spot, go to a park, go to a downtown area, go to a, a populated thing, and just share a poem or a song or a rap out loud and just see what happens. Like, most people will be like, I am not going to do that. But do it. Like, get out of your own way and go do it. It's fun. Oh, it's so true. But I love the idea of this exchange that needs to happen. Cause I think, um, now, um, young people, or I don't want to say young people, but people in general, because we can hide behind a lot of technology. Um, we don't have this clear understanding about exchange and art is really an exchange. Even though I'm writing, I've written a piece and I'm expressing it and I'm on stage. That process for me is one thing, but it's also something different to receive from the audience. Um, And so you have to kind of have that interaction back and forth. Like, even if you're posting online, I think it's important to, like you said, build a community. And an audience isn't a community necessarily, but it is some form of exchange about something you've created. So I think those things are very important um, when developing yourself as an artist to have appropriate exchange, get feedback, um, and build community, you know, with other artists and people that are outside of that uh, receivers 
of art. True, the <laughs> receivers. receivers. I do feel like the community is the audience, which is why I feel awkward, like snatching a community. I, I think it's community because community is give and take. It's reciprocal, mm-hmm, right? Right. And so like an audience chose to come to receive, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And the artist chose to come to give. Mm-hmm. But there's also like, I want to receive something from the audience as well. Like right. some applause or some, right. oh, some gas, some laughter. Tears. Tears. You had tears the other I night. I made them cry the you other night. You made them cry. <laughs> Drop a tear. <laughs> Drop that tear. It's how you know when you're doing your job right. You know, I was, I was, I was impressed. I was impressed. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think I've ever made anybody cry. I was a little jealous. Oh. No, not really. Shorty, join the club. But nah, I I, I wasn't jealous. (laughs) But I I was impressed. I was like, wow. They were like, oh my gosh, I cried. Yeah, no, that's actually. Yeah, that was beautiful. I love when people are moved by the work. Because that's what it's for. Because it's a community thing. And that's what I was explaining that night. Um, I did the, for those who don't know, I was uh, performing at the Norton um, last Friday night. And, you know, my, one of my main themes was that art is a space that transcends all of the ego coverings. Like, it just, it allows spirits to meet in a, mm-hmm. a communal space, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, even if we don't speak the same language, if we're not from the same culture, if we're not the same color and not the same religion, we could both look at a piece of art or both hear a song, especially if it has no lyrics to it, and you just feeling the vibrations of it and we can both like come away feeling moved and changed and touched we can meet each other we can see each other and be able to communicate through this art if we can't communicate directly you know what I mean so I look at that like it's a it's a space where we could take off our physical illusion of division you know and enjoy each other in unity you know what I mean so I think art is one of the most important things and most important technologies we have available to us honestly because of that capacity to to transport love and emotions and feelings from one person to another who may or may not have ever felt it before, but in hearing or seeing your art, they can feel it for the first time and be like, what is that? I've never felt this before. You know what I mean? That's true. Or, you know, see somebody's perspective who they may have passed a thousand times on the way to work and then hear a poem one day that makes them actually see that person for the first time. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's a very magical thing. The invoking of, an emotion from something you created within yourself to then pass on to someone else, someone that you have probably no idea about what they are feeling, how, you know, how they feel, how they interpret anything, but it is your perception of the, the feeling and then they get to experience it as well. So, I mean, that's, that's how I feel about singing. Um, I love it. I love it. I love that part of it, you know, being able to share, um, yeah. I'm jealous of singers as a poet. Why? Because, man. You want to sing? Go ahead. Because the, the tones can do so much more for somebody's ability to feel than a defined word. Yeah. You can literally take a vowel sound and do some stuff with a single vowel that would take me like a whole paragraph to do. You know what I mean? In poetry, like y'all, <laughs> y'all get all in your gutturals and all in your diaphragms. And next thing you know, we over here shaking and crying. And we don't know why. It's just we feeling, <laughs> singing that song. I ain't said nothing but A. You know what I mean? And I got to write a whole stanza or three to get somebody to feel all of that. When, you know, because I can't do all of that without singing it. Yeah. I guess that is true. I've never thought of it woo, in woo, that. Woo. Can you woo, woo, woo? What is that? Can you woo woo woo? <laughs> Can you woo woo woo? Are we moved by woo woos? Clearly, clearly. 
Listen to Michael Jackson, how many times he just... He's just making sounds, and it's like, what is he saying? We don't know half of Michael Jackson's songs, in my opinion. We don't. Mama say, Mama saw, Mama kusan. What is that? Is that? I don't think. Is he? What really is he saying? saying? That? I, don't I don't know. Think, I think he's not saying that. How but all been, this time, how long I've you been, been saying it? I've been saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw something the other day because of the tone of it. And it was like, wait, that's not. He's not saying. Not mama say, mama say, mama say. Not at all. I actually think I saw what he actually said, <laughs> right. and I just rejected it. Like, I'm not that dumb. That I is just, not. That true. is not what he was saying, <laughs> and this is what I thought all along. I rejected it. It's no fallacy. I don't think it's dumb. Because <laughs> as a culture, we have all been saying. We've been saying that. Mama say, mama say, mama cool say, mama say. We've been saying that, and that is not what that man said. But uh, we it the, is. We heard the notes it and is. the tones, and, and, and we've actually, been moved by it ever since. If somebody wants to write an entire song about that, have at it. You know what I'm saying? We'll all sing it, definitely. You got me um, taking off my glasses here because I had a little tear. I'm little, hearing Jodeci uh, in my ears right tear. now. Which Cause, one? Cause the, which one? Not the one song, the one lit. Like, don't have me trying to sing in front of folks. Go like ahead, because you about no, to, you about to bust this free. It sounds nothing but terrible. Too. I just need you to know, like, um, Drew Hill stole one or two or three of Jodeci's licks that was, like, classic Jodeci sounds, and then Drew Hill stole it, and I was like, you can't do that. Like that should be suable, bro. What? Like a like a a rift? Yes. The new? No, oh, that's 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 boys to men. Boys to men. But you see? See how all you did was nay you? That's not a word. Nay you. Nay you. But I knew what you meant cuz I know the tones. That's what I mean about what singers and, can do. And and we were all moved by all of those sounds because they were Yeah. Interjecting that in our souls. Exactly. See, it's an interjecting thing that singing it's magic. can do. It's magic. It's power. Yeah, and so I, I, I be feeling jelly. I think next lifetime I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask to be a singer. That's okay. We can. Um, you can <laughs> give me some drumming lessons, and yo, I'll give you some singing lessons. Okay. And we can do a song together. I think drumming is easier than singing, but I'm gonna trust you. No, because I wanna, I wanna. I told you, you know, my preferred instruments. The drums. Let loose. <laughs> I, I probably look crazy trying to motion. Doing the drum. I believe in you. Oh, man, that sounds like you gave me. <laughs> okay, so, uh, <laughs> I mean, one of the things I definitely admire about you, for real, because I cannot do this, but this brother can freestyle. You can freestyle. Like, how amazing is that? Wait, don't laugh. You're looking crazy. Yeah, don't do that. Don't ask me to do it. I mean, I might. What if I do? You got to make a beat. So, but go ahead. Okay. What you were saying? What I was saying. I, I liked what you were saying. I just didn't know if I like where you were going. That's all. Let's go. I mean, you don't have to because that's right. I'm a free I'm a, black man. You are free. Full of you sovereignty. Are free. <laughs> and 2023. Um, you know, you talking about things you admire about singers. Um, as a as a writer, um, I often when I get into a space where I feel like I'm I'm I have the hum, as Shonda Ryan calls it, the hum. Um, I need a flow, and I kind of can hear it in my head, but I can never, like, manifest, like, I can, I can hear a writer's voice there, but I can't just spit out words mm. because they're in my head. Yeah, I can write words on, you know, 
a computer or on a tablet, but I can't spit them out. So I think that that's pretty awesome that that can happen for you. And it can happen in such a way that you can, you know, just, I don't know. It's just, it's just great. Um, (laughs) You want to freestyle? Oh, really? I could talk about freestyling. And okay, maybe, let's talk about it then. Let's talk about it. And then maybe you will. Maybe we'll get to it. You know, I, mean, I used to be a terrible freestyler. You um, did? And every time I would open my mouth to try to freestyle, I felt like I was sounding like the trash I don't like on the radio. Ooh. And I was feeling bad about that, like, Joshua, shh, don't do that again. But I used to live up in Jupiter, and, you know, you got to jump on I-95 to get anywhere from there, so... It would be like a 20-minute ride automatically anywhere, 20-minute plus, and I'd be on I-95 for like 10, 15 minutes easy. So I just started freestyling anything that I saw on the road. Mm-hmm. Like I would turn on the radio and just rap over whoever's speed it was, you know, just rap over them. And just whatever I saw, whether it was the speed sign, somebody's license plate, where they were from, any signs I saw, if a bird flew by, the bug that splattered on the window, anything, you know, like somebody driving bad, I would just rap anything that happened as I was driving. And that, because it was just me by myself, if I messed up, who cares? It gave me a lot of time to just kind of like get out of the rut of, this is what I always hear on the radio, so this is what's going to naturally come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And then I would give myself words to start with that I would never say regularly in a rap. Just random stuff, like penicillin you know what I mean just something random like that I don't say in my day-to-day conversation and be like that's your word you got to start with that word either start the sentence or that's what you're gonna rhyme first just challenging myself and then really I became a freestyler uh, when I was doing a show with a guy named Abasi Hanif we had a show called Home Base it was a hip-hop show and we used to do a freestyle contest and sometimes it wouldn't be an even number of people so I would get in just to like fill it out and I accidentally kept winning. I didn't even mean to win. I just kept being good at it. <laughs> and I found if you give me a topic, I can freestyle pretty good. Like I know how to mm-hmm. get on a topic and just kind of let my mind do its creative dive, right? Mm-hmm. Versus if it's just like, all right, freestyle. I'm like, uh, uh. my name is Joshua and I'm here to say. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to freestyle. I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? It'd be kind of like just corny and all over the place. But you give me a topic and I'm like, all right, boom. I start making all these references, homonyms, homophones, synonyms, antonyms. All of that starts coming up. You all of I mean? them. All of that. And I just mm-hmm. let it find its way into life. Okay. I also think like being a host mm-hmm. has helped with the the ability to be in the moment and be spontaneous and say stuff that makes sense even when the moment is not making sense because I've had some crazy stuff happen when I was hosting shows. Really? And you can't let the show get away from you. You cannot. You know? Yeah, it's the like you're the captain of the ship. has to be there. Yeah, if a big wave comes or a big wind comes, you don't just walk away and be like, oh, well, I guess we're going somewhere new. You got to still get it to where you said we're going. So, yeah, I've had people do the wildest. Like, I remember a rap show in um, New York where it was a rap contest and dude, it was down to two people. It was the finals. And it was going back and forth between this guy who goes by the name Maroon Waters. He's a really dope MC. That's his Instagram name, Maroon mm-hmm. Waters. Osiris Anthem is his rap name. And this is when he was first really building up his name in New York. He used to come to my event. And there was another guy. I think his name was Cheese. His name was Cheese. And he was a white guy. And I feel like he brought, like he found some random white folks to come in with him off the streets. Like, because <laughs> it was an audience applause. So he's like, I need some white people to applause for me. I really think this is what he did, right? <laughs> so like, he had made it to the final round. He wasn't bad. He was just awkward. 
Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, he would rap about weird things, but he was creative and he was funny. So that's why he made it to the finals. Like, we was showing him love. Like, nah, dude is getting it, though. Like, he's working through it. It ain't what we used to, but we respect the talent. Yeah, it's there. My guy gets to the final round and decides it would be a good stage thing to pull his pants down. I knew you were going to say that. Because what else was he going to do? No. Oh, God. But he pulled his pants down as like a part of his rhyme. You know, he said something. And I think even what he said was kind of weird and inappropriate. And I had to like, I had to disqualify him. Like, mm -mm. no, sir. Wow. No, sir. That's not how we about to. That is to, not what we're doing. We're here to rap, bro. This ain't even a, a performance. Like, how wild can you be? This is a, a lyrics thing. We're listening to lyrics and you pulling down your pants. Distracted us. All from what you just said. I don't know what you said. All I remember is your pants came down in front of me, <laughs> my audience. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but now I got to get up on stage after that and not be mean. Like, I didn't want to beat him up on stage. I didn't want to make him feel bad. I wanted to correct him and make sure nobody else thought it would be a good idea to do that on, on the show. But, you know, I've always done my best to not embarrass anybody, no matter right. what. Even if they embarrass themselves, I don't want to come and jump in on their embarrassing boat. I'm going to come and... It's kind of like way. teaching. You cannot go in. You can't go you want, in. You're going in in that's, your mind. That's but, in my after party. Right. With my but close you friends. you cannot go in on <laughs> right. stage. Like, on stage, I'm the host. I'm the captain. Everybody on my ship got to get there. Right. You got to you know make I mean? a joke and keep it moving. Right. So that ability right there to like right. just kind of like, what am I about to go on stage and say now that this person is throwing a monkey wrench and everything and everybody's sitting there mad, awkward in the audience like, what are we about? <laughs> what is he going to say? What Like, how do we respond to this? So that has helped me be very spontaneous and in the moment and very just like connected to what's happening right now and be able to respond to it right now without too much deep thought. Like right now, what's, what's the best move right now? And that has helped my freestyling immensely. Spontaneity. Maybe I can get you to freestyle. I think that would be more me? impressive to our oh. podcast audience <laughs> than hearing me okay. do that old thing I do all the time. Oh, did you not hear that <laughs> the words do not come out? They don't come out. How much time we got? If we got time, I'll make I'll freestyle. Oh, we have time. Give me a topic and I'll freestyle. Penicillin. No, I'm kidding. Jeez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got well, a topic? I do have a topic. Um, and it's it's gonna be kind of cheesy, but Jeez. I think that you definitely can do this. Okay. Um today is Mother's Day. True. Happy Mother's Day, Kim. Thank you. And to all you mothers out there. Yes, to all the mothers out there. Oh, y'all. We won't get into the debate about all that. No You're appreciated. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know. People be going in on Mother's Day and weird. Father's Day. It, it gets, gets crazy. Um, anyhow, Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. um, dear Mama. Dear somebody else's about. Mama. <laughs> <laughs> dear to all the Mamas. Dear the Mamas. That's the topic, dear... All the mamas. Mother Earth. Mother Earth, Mama. Mother's Day. That's the topic. Mother's Day. Mothering, motherness. Mothering. Mamas. Okay. And you're really not going to make mothering me be like, cycle. I got a freestyle. Acapulco. Um, the the thing is, I can start a beat, but because I'm, I don't know if I will keep the beat. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. And it might throw you off. Got you. Got you. I mean, but I could do it. I mean, I'm 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 spontaneity. Yeah, I mean a simple beat, a little boom, 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 boom. You could do that. It ain't got to be fancy. 
I need two oh, different sounds though, like a, a fist and a hand. <laughs> you can't do two hands. That's not I need a boom and a bap. Okay, go ahead. A fist and a, a tap, some nails or something. Okay. That'll work. Keep that going. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Now Kim, keep that beat going. Don't slow it. No comma. You didn't ask me to talk about all the mamas. If you mess the beat up, we're going to have a little drama. <laughs> and she back. And she back. Um, What we doing? And she doing all the good drum. I'm going to say it with my voice with a little hum. Don't get stuck like you stuck in some bubble gum. And we flowing and she smiling and I'm laughing. Messing up the beat. Yeah, she messing up the track. And I'm going to keep on going. Keep on flowing. Keep on showing. It don't even really matter. I'm going to swing the batter if the ball ain't even coming. Like, she ain't even drumming. I'm feeling good. My up with the thumbing. Keep going. Uh, keep beating. Hey, I think we should stop right here where it's sweeten. Hey. <laughs> That's the sweet end. Uh, we see, made it. We, we made, made it. it. We Yay. made it. We made it. High five. Thanks High five. for the beats. Well, thank you for keeping me on. <laughs> I'm See working on my just, artistry. I just talked about what was happening. I didn't talk about mamas at all. I talked about you and you're a mama. So. It, you did. I I have no idea what you were talking about because I was focused, focused. on keeping the beat, which I did not do several times. So That's facts. There it is. But uh, you, you know tried. what? You didn't have to say that. I'm an honest lover. You did not have to say that. I told that. you I love and love tells the truth. But you Because that way you can grow. You know what I mean? That was a loving critique. On the, they no, didn't know. It wasn't no shade. It wasn't no hate. Oh, they, they heard it. No. Oh, they heard They could have. They, they, they heard you. <laughs> I hope they heard the beat. I hope the microphone picked up the beat so they don't think I was just making it up Just saying. Myself. Anyways. We did that together. We did it. We Thank did you. it. We made it. <laughs> well, I yeah. hope and I pray that you guys come out to the next Love Jones Experience event so you can hear this amazing host uh, freestyle, do some poetry, all kinds of things. Do things. You might even sing a little bit. Mm. Mm. Um, perhaps maybe some drumming. If we put a shower on stage, I'll it's, sing. It's going down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next show is going to be June 28th. Um, location to be announced. However, if you guys follow the Love Jones experience. On Instagram. Instagram. Uh, Instagram. I know what it is. The Love Jones underscore experience. Experience. Yes, that is what it is. Yeah. And you will find out more information. So we hope to see you there. Please support the arts. Please support black artists. This is what we are about building culture, community, communication. You know what I'm saying? Right? Right. Okay. Peace. The whole basis of community is communication. The whole basis of communication is community. Thank you for listening to the Love Jones experience. Just write a review and subscribe.